Welcome to the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, the podcast that makes you the authority in orthodontics in your community. Get ready for insights on how to compete on expertise and trust against mail order and retail orthodontics. It's not always about the lowest fees. And now, from the People in Practice team, your hosts, Dr. Leon Klempner and Amy Epstein. Hi, everybody. <laughs> we are recording our first video podcast. Um, you see Michelle in the middle. She's our guest today. We'll introduce her more formally in a minute. And then all the way on the side is Amy. How you doing, Amy? I'm doing well. Getting used to being on video. Instead of just the yeah, it's kind of weird. I can do it in my yep. jammies, <laughs> but not so yep. much right now. <laughs> when I first started in practice, um, I had a older gentleman, older, right? He was in his 40s, probably. And he was and he referred to me. Yeah, he referred to me. And he referred to me for the next 40 years on a regular basis. And I didn't really know who he was. And I never really went to meet him. And you know why I never went to meet him? Any idea? No. Because I thought if, if I met him and he saw me, I would mess, mess oh. it all up. <laughs> That's how so that's right how now. I kind of I, yeah. that's how I feel right now about the podcast. We we had a successful podcast, and now everybody sees who we are, and you know I'm worried nobody will be listening anyway. No one's gonna listen anymore. Okay, well, anyway, okay, well, welcome. Do you want to kick it off, Dad? Well, um, you know we're I, first of all, I'm Leon Klempner. I'm an orthodontist, uh, board certified, proud board certified orthodontist. Um, I graduated from University of Maryland Dental School. I went to Tufts, did my ortho. I teach at Harvard, um, and I'm happy to be here. And I'm Amy Epstein. I have an MBA in marketing from Baruch College in New York City, and we co-founded People in Practice just about 10 years ago. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the fact that we're on video right now, but to be honest with you, we're on video my dad and me and the rest of people in practice uh, pretty much all the time. We're, we have a lot of people remotely so we can get the best talent across the country. And so we're on Zoom. I know, Michelle, you're on Zoom a lot too. Uh, we're on Zoom pretty often. Um, and I think that's one of the things that comes up a lot. Probably, Michelle, you've, you've heard that too. Questions about do um, remote employees work? And do, do, will that work for a practice? I mean, for, for us, we're a digital marketing firm. It works, works really well. Um, but in an orthodontic practice, it may or may not be the best fit. And so that's why we wanted to really bring you on today is to have a conversation about um, not only that, but um, a lot of different elements of um, practice, you know, employing employees and, and issues that come up uh, with, with mm -hmm. culture in a practice. And so um, I'll introduce you very quickly. This is Michelle Shimon and uh, Michelle owns Shimon Consulting. And she is an international lecturer, trainer and consultant uh, in the field of orthodontics since uh, 1990. You worked as a uh, registered dental assistant. You taught uh, mm -hmm. orthodontic assisting, marketing, financials, treatment coordination, uh, practice management, pretty much everything. Um, and you now travel the country and help transform orthodontic practices, um, you know, and their systems. So you and you you train and you help them grow um, by having a competitive practice. So we're thrilled to have you on board today. 
Thank you so much, Amy and Dr. Klempner. Uh, it's just an honor to be here with you and a part of your first video podcasts. I know how valuable your podcasts are and have been to our industry. And uh, Dr. Klempner, everybody knows who you are. You're too modest. But I know that we have multiple mutual clients. I highly respect your firm and what you guys do for those clients. And again, I'm just honored to be here to share some insight for what practices are facing and what team members are facing right now as well, especially around the hiring and staffing and retention, as you said, Amy, and really where those virtual roles and positions fit into uh, the workplace now. Mm -hmm. Great, Michelle. And please call me Leon. I hear uh, Dr. Clinton, <laughs> okay. I'm looking around for somebody. So uh, I'm especially excited that you're here because I'm on the phone, uh, on Zoom, on the phone. I'm in communications with orthodontists on a daily basis. And the one thing that I hear consistently is staff issues. They can't mm -hmm. find people to work. Nobody, you know, they're, 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 they're always shorthanded and some have, have cut days because of it and it's really affecting their practice. So, so for our listeners out there, tell us, like, where is the best place to find high quality staff members? You know, absolutely great question. And that actually has really changed recently and it continues to change very rapidly. So it's time that practices get very creative and they really look to understand the type of team member that they would like to add and enhance their current team or what their needs are. So really what we're finding as very successful is of course, LinkedIn. Um, however, word of mouth, your own social media, use that as an opportunity to let your community know our family is growing. We are looking for this type of person and this type of person to currently enhance our team. There is nothing wrong with putting that out there on all of your social media platforms because especially given your reputation in your community, uh, you hopefully have created an environment where people want to be a part of that. And so that's important when you talk about the culture in your practice, but look to identify the personality and the characteristic that you're looking for and ask patients, parents of, team, of your patients, your current team members and employ a very robust referral program of $500 for team members that bring on team members and they might get half of that at the 30 day mark and they might get the other half at the 90 day mark when that, that employee passes through that probationary period. So uh, another area is actually what we call the passive employee. And those are team members or people that are not looking to change industries. You might find them at your local Starbucks or Nordstrom's or restaurant. I've been in restaurants before where servers have been phenomenal. And I just look and I say, have you ever thought of going into possibly that industry of dental or orthodontics? And that oftentimes can generate some interest. But again, you're hiring the personality and the characteristic and you can train the rest. And right now it's very important that we look outside of the box to identify the talent that you want in your team. Mm -hmm. You know, that, yeah. that's great advice. I mean, Go ahead, Amy. I was just going to say, you know, you even go. when we're looking to hire, um, 
your best success is going to be asking the people who are successful already with you, I think. So, mm -hmm. you know, I love the idea of having your um, employees go out and be ambassadors for you and find people like them to bring into the practice for interviews and, and hopefully to be hired. So that's a great idea. Thank you for that. And Amy, that actually is something that practices and doctors have to recognize that a robust referral amount is important to generate the excitement of your current team members wanting to be that practice ambassador. Mm -hmm. So Michelle, just as a follow-up, because I've struggled with that, and I, I have often asked, uh, you know, uh, restaurant employees that that we see, you know, ha just have exceptional personality and, and qualities that, that we would love to have in our office. But I've always struggled with like parents in the practice because, you know, in the back of my mind, it was like, don't hire anybody you can't fire. And, you know, sometimes you'll get a mom that comes in and it's like, wow, you know, she is like, just like perfect for the practice. And then it was like, you know, I don't know, should we, shouldn't we, should we, shouldn't we? So let me ask you, should we or shouldn't we? Great question. And really this goes along with any team member that you're gonna bring on. I don't necessarily look at it as a process of firing that individual, of course, unless there's something detrimental to the practice at, that has to happen immediately. But this is about a coaching and a support and a training opportunity. And then mutually together, recognizing and understanding that it's not a good fit. And we do this process through our onboarding, through our team reviews, performance reviews. Really, it should never be a surprise, again, aside from a very detrimental action that would require immediate removal. But um, it should never be a surprise to the team member or to the doctor manager when we decide together that this is not a mutual fit. And that can help to uh, provide caution, if you will, in bringing on somebody in that sense. I don't ever want to not bring somebody on because of that fear. I want to approach it in a very different uh, uh, direction in how we're looking to decide, is this a good fit for the practice and for this team member? And then if there is a separation, there's still a very friendly, amicable relationship. Mm -hmm. Great answer. So once you do find someone, um, how do you how best to quickly bring them up to speed because it's right now everybody's looking for somebody and uh, getting them in place it was like we needed them yesterday so so what's the yeah. best way to get them up to speed quickly great question amy and i hear that every day and really what it is is that you need to have an effective onboarding protocol and we have to ensure that we have effective tools and training that is provided to the team members and that we have enough time allotted for that onboarding and for that training we don't want to simply bring somebody on and throw them into an empty seat and sadly that's what we often see because so many practices right now are in that survival mode and being understaffed and really busy. And when we understand that we need to provide a proactive direction that assists 
this team member success really, because ultimately that is providing the practice success as well. So to really ensure that you have an effective stepping stone onboarding protocol for team members and that they have the tools and that support and resources to be successful. That's the fastest way to bring them on. And it's actually the most successful way that supports and facilitates the team members actually becoming vested in their own professional development and growth and supporting the practice's ultimate success as well. That's really where you retain your team members. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so glad that you're here because there's so many things that, you know, I've struggled with during my career that I know our ortho listeners struggle with as well. So let, let me throw this one at you because I, it, I, I'm sure that it's on the mind of others as well. So I, you know, I'm rolling along, I have a great staff and, you know, whatever the number is that they're being paid, let's just say it's $20 an hour. Let's say that, that, a, mm-hmm. that a, a, a clinical assistant is being paid. And then, so then we go hire somebody and we find somebody that we really like and, you know, their minimum requirement is $25 an hour. So, and we really want the talent. But now it's like, wow, our best assistants are getting $20 an hour. How do we justify paying this one $25 now? Do we bring the other ones up? Do we try, you know, that type of predicament? What, what would you, how would you counsel an ortho like me in a scenario like that? And this is a time right now that we are seeing this consistently. And really what I advise is uh, to have Uh, again, a clear direction to really understand the practices overhead is the number one step in this process. Right now, uh, tossing out arbitrary numbers for what team members are either asking for or what we think we can pay somebody is what is pretty common. And to provide an understanding of what we have in that payroll bucket available, if you will. I set this up in practices in regards to bonus systems as well. So we're not just arbitrarily grabbing a bonus number out there, but it's very calculated and it's very understood to maintain the health of the practice. But what needs to happen to ensure our overhead is healthy, we have to understand what adjustments we can make to really improve these expenses and to know and understand what we have available for our staff compensation and how we can employ our team members to increase that bucket. We have to empower them to recognize their impact in being able to provide additional revenue and resources to either bring on more team members and or provide bonuses to the existing team members. but to empower our team to support this process and to understand this process as well. So I really have been setting up a lot of internal structure for practices, almost where it's levels of employees. And this does two things. This gives direction in providing what we have available to bring on new team members and the rate, but there's formulas that we can use to determine what our practice is going to pay. Number of years they've in the industry, number of years with our practice, locations they have to go to, how cross-trained are they, level of responsibilities they have. So all of those actually increase the value of this team member to the practice. It also provides a structure. So the team members see a growth opportunity and direction 
within the practice, how to make themselves more valuable to the business, in addition to giving us a structure on bringing on new team members as well. So to avoid, uh, Leon, what your question was in that discrepancy in existing team members and new team members and what they're asking for, I definitely advise creating a tiered uh, pay structure. And this is what our practice pays. And if that means you need to bring on or increase your existing team members, increase your existing team members as well. But that way we have direction. Um, mm -hmm. And team members talk, unfortunately, as much as we want to minimize that, they do talk about that. And the one thing we want to avoid is valuable veteran team members becoming disgruntled and feeling un undervalued and leaving somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a perfect segue into the question that I was thinking about, um, which is around retention. Uh, so, you know, preceding the need to hire someone is usually an issue with retention. And so, you know, right now it's a it's a challenge. People are jumping around. And so are, are there strategies right now that our ortho listeners can employ to proactively uh, head off some retention issues that may pop up? You know, absolutely, Amy. And what when we look at retention and why team members leave, they are typically um, feeling undervalued or underappreciated, or they have a lack of professional growth direction, um, or there's a disconnect somewhere where they see that this isn't working for them anymore. And so really how to maintain and retain top talent, we do this through setting up effective review processes. And this needs to be an interactive process with the team members. It's not simply an annual review where the team member sits across a table and we say, you know, you're doing a great job, excellent. The team member asks for a raise and we either are or are not able to deliver on that. What we want to do is avoid a one-way conversation. And we want to employ our team members to be very proactive in their own professional growth and development, where they are recognizing their successes from the previous year and identifying the areas where they know and they desire to grow and improve for this upcoming year and how that's going to make them more valuable for the practice. When we can create an effective process where essentially we are developing their own professional growth alongside them, this empowers the team members to feel valuable, to give them a sense of growth and direction professionally, and uh, it, it gets the team members vested in our, in our practice, and they, and they feel appreciated and, and grateful for this. So it's all done through an effective employee review process. Hmm. Okay. Wow, that's great. Great. You know, and uh, it, it's, so, uh, it's so important to, to have great people and having them in and losing them really has an impact on on the practice. So, you know, at, at people in practice, we used to we were when we were smaller, we were New York based, and we would meet at, you know, at, at our New York office, and and then COVID hit, and you know, we we began doing more remote uh, meetings, and and now we have talent uh, that work with us that live all over the place. Um, and is that you seeing some of that translating to orthodontic practices in terms of uh, remote team members 
that aren't living in the local community that are making significant contributions to the growth of the practice? Absolutely. Times really have changed and continue to change rapidly in this area and in our industry. Um, this could be a whole nother podcast talking about the digital business model and, and how virtual team members play into that. But if we look at the process again, uh, it needs to be set up correctly and effectively to be successful for the employees and for the practice. But it works really well when set up well. Uh, we have to provide clarity to the team members on the expectations and the reporting and the accountability. These are essential to the success. In addition, uh, when facilitating remote or virtual positions within a practice, a higher level of communication is needed with the team member as that team member is not on location with the doctor and uh, the, the on-site team members. So some examples of positions that work well virtually on your financial side, it could be checking and verifying your insurance managing your delinquencies with insurance and patients. On your administrative or scheduling side, it could be working through reports such as missed appointments or patients without appointments. With your TC, it could be running pending reports and patient communication or your observation patients without appointment report. And then of course, with your clinical, um, it could be your digital manager running, running virtual appointments. Um, that would have to be very coordinated with the doctor and very uh, synchronized with the doctor process and the team member. Uh, you could also do ordering uh, virtually. And then as you well know and set up often in practices, that marketing extension, uh, which oftentimes would be a combined role of on-site and or uh, virtual. And something really simple with that marketing with a, with a virtual individual is if team members internally are taking uh, pictures or videos of what's going on throughout the day with patients and they can just photo dump that into a shared photo album. Um, and, and the marketing individual can utilize that information um, in posting and so forth as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, we can we can confirm that that works. And, and even when we have a partner inside the practice who's working mm -hmm. with us to give us those visual assets and everything, um, you know, the having somebody externally, it works seamlessly. Um, digital marketing is a big part of marketing these days. So uh, it sounds like a good position to consider for a, a remote position. Absolutely. And um, you know, I think that the, some of the things you've said about the higher order uh, conversations with people who are remote is uh, really important. I think that there's a, there can be when you have some teams that are some team members inside the practice and some team members who are not, there can be some feelings of, oh, well, you know, that I'm working harder or I'm online earlier or these types of things when it, it's a totally different position. I mean, the expectations should not be actually the same. Um, and so does that come into play in terms of explaining to the existing team members also how the role is shaped and, and that it is actually different from someone who is physically in the office? Absolutely. And it, 
we also want to look at, and I and I coach and advise this in regards to the doctor and the manager, because it can be very difficult to not feel like you have eyes on a virtual team member and what they're doing all day, every day, or if they're getting distracted. Studies do show, and this is why so many big businesses are going virtual with so many of their team members, that oftentimes you can be more efficient and you can accomplish more virtually as you don't have the same distractions. And so I advise looking at their expectations and their role as the job that's getting accomplished. Are we accomplishing all of those expectations and reports that we desire out of that role? And, and when we shift our thinking and our process with that, we can really appreciate when that gets accomplished and we and it's successful. And if it's not, we then revisit what is interfering with that and what additional resources might need to be implemented to facilitate that successful accomplishment of it. In regards to the other team members and the questions you had, Amy, it is a matter of understanding the each team member's value to the practice and the role they play. It doesn't matter if they're internal or if they're virtual employees, all team members have a tendency to think they work harder than the other team members. Oftentimes I hear this with office managers or treatment coordinators, you know, they're sitting in their office and they don't have the face-to-face -face patient uh, busyness and distraction. And, and there's always, uh, we all, no matter the role we have in the practice, have a lot on our plate and we're very busy. And so through effective management and leadership processes, we do need to help all of our team members understand that as well and, and mm -hmm. to minimize and avoid that dissension. Mm -hmm. Going Michelle, back just for a second to the, I just wanna ask one more question. Going back to the, um, if, we're, if we're hiring for remote positions then, um, how does it change the game in terms of um, where you're advertising and recruiting these employees? Because some of the tactics, mining the patient base or the parents and the patient and, and having your staff become ambassadors for you, if you're then looking beyond, does it not make sense to sort of get the best talent you can, even if they're not in your, your local area? And then, you know, which resources might you recommend if you decide to hire a, a remote position? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It can be um, interesting to really know where to advertise for those. Uh, you can, and you, this is your wheelhouse, to really uh, recognize and understand where you can do uh, you know, ads and sponsor posts and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, but what I look for with that, again, is to really be able to quantify what we're looking for out of this team member. And it is going to require digital uh, technology awareness and ability. So oftentimes I absolutely would do a Zoom interview, which we're doing so much of the time now with most employees. Uh, I would do even have that team member uh, send in a recording, answering specific questions that you might put out there and really see from the very beginning before you step deeper into the interview process, how technologically advanced is this individual? Is this an individual that is even going to be able to log in remotely and manage this, uh, you know, whether it's a Google Drive uh, accountability spreadsheet or reporting process, 
you're going to need to ensure that this individual has that capability. Mm -hmm. And I highly recommend doing that within the interview process. So in uh, implementing digital processes, whether it's downloading a program to get through an interview or a test process that they have to accomplish and seeing how fast and how accurate they can do that. Listening to instructions is a huge factor in an interview process as far as I'm concerned as well. So that's what I would uh, recommend in that process to understand if this individual is even going to even have the technological abilities to Mm -hmm. virtually manage our needs. I love that idea, that, that video uh, component of the interview, because it, it will tell so much. And um, let, let me just say on behalf of all of our listeners, certainly people in practice, we have enjoyed and appreciate having you on here. We're going to take you up on bringing you back and talking about the, the digital office, because I think that there's a lot of interest in discussing that. But in the meantime, I know that... Um, Uh, Our listeners are interested in other services that you might have and learning a little bit more about you. So tell tell us how they could contact you. What's the best way to reach you? So so uh, let us know how that how what's the best way to do that. Thank you, Leon, so much. And uh, again, I'm just so grateful for the opportunity to participate and, and uh, support your people in practice and podcast and what you guys do. Uh, anytime, I'd love to uh, come back with that digital business model as well. But team members, doctors, uh, office managers can visit my website and it's ortho-consulting.com. Uh, I would love to have a complimentary Zoom session to talk about the needs of their practice. My team and I uh, have clients all over the world, and we specialize in setting up systems and process calls for maximum efficiency and profitability and staff retention. So uh, really, uh, there's a lot of information on my website. I would love to visit with anybody and their needs and uh, talk about how we fully customize our solutions for internal business processes and protocols. And uh, thank you for that opportunity. Leon and Amy. I very much appreciate it. Thanks, Michelle. Looking forward to having you on again soon. You can subscribe or download. You can subscribe or download other episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed today's video episode, we'd appreciate you telling a colleague. For more information about people in practice, you can sign up for our free marketing newsletter on our website at pplpractice.com. Thank you so much for watching or listening. So now you can listen to us on your podcast of choice. You could watch us on YouTube as well. Um, So we have many opportunities for you to engage. Uh, If you need to reach out to me, you can email me at leon at pplpractice.com. Um, and you know, I, I think the most important message we have for you is the one that we've always had. And that is we're treating about 3% of the population that could benefit from our services. Mm -hmm. The pie is huge. There's never been a better time to be an orthodontist. If you're asking when the golden age is, this is the golden age. So, uh, until next time, I wish everybody, um, happy holidays and we will see you soon. 
Thank you for joining us on the Survival Guide for Orthodontists, where we help your practice grow within a massively disrupted industry. Subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on social media. Find us online at the Survival Guide for Orthodontists.com.